<laughs> Hi, everybody. I'm Wendy Murdoch, and this is Webinars with Wendy. And we're starting up again here in November with one of our favorite people, Nishan Cook. And he has come back after, I don't know, it's been about six months? About seven months, yeah. Seven months. And so um, we really didn't talk about a topic, but I think the best thing to do is just to find out what Nishan's been up to in the past seven months, because it sounds like there's been a lot of really exciting things going on. So welcome, Nishan. Thanks for joining me. Thank you for having me back. So um, where should we start? You, you, we had a little kind of private conversation here before the webinar started, and you told me about tuning forks, which I thought was really fascinating. And we didn't mention that before. So, so since we last talked, what are some of the things that you've been exploring, investigating that uh, you know, you've been playing with? Yeah, well, you know, I, um, I, I, you know, I figure that one of, my, one of my favorite things in the world to do was dig in the dirt and search for answers, right? Um, for the buried treasure. Um, and so like, so we've been, I've been playing with um, Surefoot as a um, part of my practice. And I've been, I've, I, 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 so back up, I had like four horses this year come to my farm and their people reached out and all of them had diagnoses that said, I mean, physical diagnoses with joints and stuff that said that, and, 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 and things had been exhausted and the vets said that they needed to be put to sleep because there was nothing more that could be done. Um, and so um, there's, so there's been four, there's been, there were four particular cases this year and then, and then I have one little mare here that has, um, that, that was born, she was born clubfoot and she has, she had her check ligament snipped when she was a baby, but it, it went, as it healed, it keloided onto her deep digital flexor tendon and made her leg a little, her front leg a little bit shorter, the left one a little bit shorter than the right. So she has uneven legs. Um, and it was really interesting because she, um, she had, she, she, she would stand, she would stand like a crescent moon. She wasn't able to be square. And so, um, and she developed this horrible arthritis in her, well, not horrible, but had developed arthritis in her, in that knee of that shorter leg. And her folks were kind of, her folks were kind of afraid because she was kind of declining. And so they went out of town and for about three months and, and because, and because the, the, the rehab schedule wasn't working for her that they had been prescribed. They were said, they said, see if you can fix her. And so we did pedestal work and I taught her a movement called goat on the mountaintop to get her straight or to get her top line built up, which is an old Boucheus exercise from his first method. Um, and then we started using the Surefoot and she, every Monday, Wendy, she will stand on those things for an hour. Wow. She will stand on them for an hour and she will position her feet where she wants, where she wants them to be. And like, if she puts like her, her one of her, maybe her front foot on the side, then like, you know, on the side of one of the square ones, I'll put a wedge one to help her with that angle. And she walks me through the process that yeah. she wants me to, that she wants me and she'll stand there and she'll stand there without her halter on and she'll lick and chew and lick and chew and lick and chew and lick and chew. And then when she's done, she'll just step off. And then usually I take her back into her stall and she'll take a big drink of water and she'll sleep. Wow. Yeah. And she does this, she does this every Monday. And consequently, like now, even though her leg is shorter, like you, you don't, you don't know it. She stands square. Um, she moves square. She's starting to learn how to do her pee off under saddle. Wow. Um, and she's, and she's a, and she's, and she's 16 years old. Wow. Yeah. She's 16 years old. And, and <clears throat> the, and the vet said that the arthritis is gone out of that knee. 
Wow. Yeah. And so it's been super, it's been super, super cool to see that process with her. And she's just gotten more and more mobile. And her, her person has had her since she was three months old. And she said that like, this is the best shape uh, physically and mentally this mare has been in, in their whole time together. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. So it's been, it's been super cool. And it's been, it's been, and then I had another horse come in from California who, who came, he came in, he came in, um, he came in so locked up. He had a hunter's bump or he had a lumbar bump and, you know, his front, his hind legs, they stuck under his body up until about the, one of, you know, his last ribs, you know, he was, he was constantly over-engaged and hyper-flexed in the SI joint. And he's, he was a product of, of false dressage where you, 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 you shape the neck without lifting the back and his trapezius muscles behind the, behind the withers along the thoracic spine were totally atrophied. And he had a enlarged pole and his patella would lock and, and his tail drifted off to the right. And he got off of the airplane or he got off of the trailer. And the, and when he got into his stall, the first thing that he did when he got his food was like reared up and tried to charge me. (laughs) And so that was, um, and so, you know, we went and that was his first lesson day. I said that we don't treat each other like this at my farm and that like, you know, we're allowed to be scared, but we are not allowed to be violent. Um, And, and, we just did really gentle flag work. I don't use the flag to chase horses. I, I use it to teach them how to see me like I see them, you know? Um, and, and, and it only really consists of every time they take the slack out of the line, I lift it up to get their attention. And as soon as, the, and soon as they look back at me, the pressure is off. And that's and the lifting of the flag is the only pressure that they have because for me, the, the, the lead rope is the rein. You know, um, and he um, and 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 um, and that's also how like when I'm lunging them, I teach them how to do their stretchy chewy. They'll go on the circle and I'll and they'll trot. And because they've had that paired stimulus of the flag equaling paying attention and relaxing the head without pressure in the line, they start to lower their neck. And and so um, we we did that with him. Um, making that paired association of the flag equaling relaxation, because I think it was Temple Grandin who said, you know, that as far as we know, horses memorize in images. Mm. And so, and so like we made that paired association with the flag equaling relaxation. And then we got to the point where he was soft and relaxed and, 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 and I put him on those, on, on the blue surefoot pads and for the first six weeks, that was almost the only thing he did when he had his lessons. He would stand on them and I would, and he, we would put him in the middle of the arena and I would go and sit in my corner that I teach out of. And, and I would just let him stand there. And when he was done, he would come back to me. And then um, the front legs, the front feet tended to really recalibrate his brain but when we were able to when I was able to put them on his hind legs is when the work really 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 started I put the I put the pink wedges on the the hind end once and it was particularly the right hind patella that was locked and he would and his whole body would just would just clam he was he was one of those horses that really let me understand how energy follows thought you know and when he expected something bad to happen his whole body would just shut down. Um, but there was one time where he was on he was on those wedges behind and particularly on that right hind leg and it started to open up. I had I had prepared him with a bridge. I had my horses stand on a little on a little on a little um, on just a little bridge, maybe about six or six inches off of the ground. And I had prepared him um, 
I, 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 I tone their muscles and, and their lumbar and their lumbar spine. And then the, the stabilizer muscles in their back by having them stand with their hind end up. Um, and he, and it was really weird because one day he was just starting to, he was just starting to do this. And so he was just trying to unlock his pole as his, as his SI joint and his pelvis were lifted. And I brought him, um, I brought him then to the, to those wedges behind and he did it and it went and his pole, his pole totally released. And the, and, and the really, really beautiful thing about it is that that's what helped me understand the, how to unlock the pole by way of the SI joint. Yeah. You know, and how to unlock the lumbar spine you know, I, I knew that I didn't know that the SI joint in the pole, but, you know, then how to unlock the lumbar spine with the, with the stifles and the hawks with the, and the neck with the, with the hawks and then the hips with, and then the thoracic spine with the hips. And then we were able to really, really, really start toning, start toning it. And, 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 and what was really, really interesting was that once his pole opened, he was able to start using his tongue correctly and swallow. And so the hyoid, the hyoid bone was, 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 was starting to work now down the muscle chains of his whole body. Um, and it, it was, it was, and, and like, you know, there were about three months that I didn't ride him. And then one day I was walking him around doing in-hand work and he's like, get on. And so I <laughs> I, I swear to all, I swear to everything good and true, Wendy. But then I got on him bareback in a halter, and he and he went straight to stretchy chewy, and we trotted. And then, you know, I had talked to, but I had I had been back and forth with Bettina Drummond, and she was telling me how she had begun healing one of her horses' stifles with passage medium trot transitions. And so we didn't get to passage completely, but we did get to the school trot. And like, you know, I mean, he came in, he came in not being able, he would fill the saddle and, and he would just stop. And he, and, 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 you know, and with the pads and, you know, and then Boucher's flexions and then the, you know, and then the, the bridge work and then the heel work. And then, and then finally the actual dressage, like, he left he left the middle of last month like sound and moving and happy you know so it's 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 been it's been super it's been a wonderful wonderful um it's been a really wonderful year that has really helped me not also be afraid of being able to help horses and their people in the way that I can you know I mean because sometimes it it feels like you know it sometimes well not so much now but as this was all getting ready and all the attention was coming like you know it sometimes felt like I was just from another world (laughs) you know um and like and like nobody understood but then once people started seeing their horses change and and you know now 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 I think that I'm able to help folks uh understand and explore what a possible what 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 how another possibility of connection with with these horses they're wonderful indeed so um sorry somebody asked a question but i think we need to before we get to that question um so since we last talked to you a lot has happened in your life right? As you look back on the past seven months, what are some of the lessons you've learned about training horses, working with owners? That horses will give us as much as they can, as long as we give them the ability to be as possible as they can. And that they'll try their, they'll try, they'll try their hardest and they'll, and, 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 and they will, and they will, um, they will, they will heal 
the parts of their bodies that we've mistakenly put in and hurt um, sometimes. And sometimes they're, they're horses that come to us, they, they, that we inherit like that, you know? Um, but I think, that, I think that what I've learned is how big and how powerful love for these creatures um, truly is and how if we don't give up nine times out of 10, neither will they. Because I think that this is the thing about horses is that me personally, I'm not, I, I'm not like a veterinarian, right? Like I can't, I can't help them without their permission, you know? And I've not, I've not had any horse this year say no, you know? And, and, you know, one of the things that I think is so unique about you is that you're willing to use whatever you have so many tools in your kit in terms of you have classical dressage training, but you'll use a bridge or you'll use a pedestal or, you know, you'll use these tools that would be considered non-traditional tools. Yeah, well, they're non-traditional, you know, the, you know, the, the, the pedestal is a classical circus training tool. Right. There's a, there's a whole, there's, a, but the thing is, is that the thing is, is that, you know, I think that, I think that the building of a horse's body, just like the building of our body, it shouldn't hurt. It, it, it shouldn't hurt. Um, and I don't, and I don't believe that sweaty saddle pads are the angels of equine sanity. I, I, I just don't. I think that, I think that, and, and so, you know, I have a process where, you know, like I said, Mondays, my horses do tuning fork work just to ground them and find, you know, release whatever is there that they want to. Um, Tuesday, we do pedestal and bridge work and we do just basic movement patterns. You know, I check movement patterns, uh, uh, biomechanical patterns with pole work at, at the walk um, and sometimes at the trot. And then Wednesday, Thursday and Friday, it's dressage, whether it's under saddle or in hand or on the long grain. And um, so that's Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. And then Saturday, I just hand walk all of my horses one around at a time around the farm and, and just spend time with them. Um, you know, I, I don't want, I don't want, um, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm, I, I'm, I don't train horses well out of the uh the false intimacy that the hope that you know that the hope for quick answers brings a lot of times i i have to spend i have to spend time with them and i have to let them know that they're safe in my hands um so that they can tell me what they need um and when and and you know anything anything that is heard has a likely higher likelihood of being healed, you know? So when someone brings a horse to you, do you actually do an evaluation or do you simply just get to know that horse? The evaluation is me getting to know them. So like, for example, I posted a video last week of a horse that came in and the a big Oldenburg who had gone to some really respect, respected trainers out here in Colorado. Um, and, and um, he had had this history of, he had developed this history of spooking and had, had cracked, you know, was in a lesson with his person with one of these trainers two years ago and he spooked and she cracked two vertebrae in her neck. Um, and then he was at another training program and they sent her a message apparently saying to come get him. And when she went to pick him up, his feet were long and he was like a three body score, like he was in bad shape. Um, and we had talked back and forth last year about him coming and then something always came up and, and 
so they were telling me all of these things and I don't like to hear stories about horses. Um, and so I just told them to bring them in and, and I saw them and we walked around and I said, hello. And, um, and so then she got me his bridle and I put his bridle on and I could immediately see this horse's amygdala being triggered. Like his lips got, his lips got crinkly and his jaw got tight and his under neck got really, really hard. And you can, and he dropped, he dropped his shoulders and hardened the base of his neck and, and his, his eyes got small and his brow furrowed a little bit. And I knew right then that all of the horses issues that he was having had stemmed from not being able to move his tongue under the bit. And so I went into my tack room and I got a, a bit that, that had no really tongue pressure at all because Oliveira, Nuno Oliveira in the book by Eleanor Russell, she just recorded notes. She, he says that, and he said this in, in using Francois Boucher's jaw flexions, he said, if your horse is really talkative, he or she doesn't need the flexions. But if the horse is too quiet, they need to learn how to speak. He said something to that. And this is where the flexions help. And so, you know, you know, and 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 I think that what so many people don't understand and about Francois Boucher and also um about the flexions is that the, the Boucher bit that we have today is not the original Boucher bit. The Boucher bit actually did have tongue relief like a mylar bit. And so every time he did the flexions to, because, you know, Boucher's, Boucher's whole uh, formula was built on all resistance starting in the pole. And he was way ahead of his time because he realized that we could get rid of the resistance in the pole by releasing the jaw and having the horse lick and chew. And so I just, and so, and so I got a, this horse wasn't open to the flexions. So I just got something that allowed his tongue to be free. And immediately he licked and licked and licked and licked and started to drool and started to unlock his jaw. And in the five years that his person had had him, she said she had never seen his lips moist. Um, and and so, you know, um, even, and, and then I wrote him and they were expecting him to spook and he didn't. And then I got a, I got a, I, and, 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 and she's like, well, do you want me to bring the saddle? Because I imagine that he's going to be spooky and we're not going to be able to ride him. And within five minutes, the answer had come clear. It had come clear that this horse had been struggling with for five years. The, five minutes and then I got on him and we did leg yield at the trot and stretchy chewy and you know moved with him and x y and z and 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 she and my mom came in and 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 watched and 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 they they were just they couldn't say anything and then so that was Saturday and that next Monday she said I watched I watched your lesson and the aids that you gave and the explanation of how you move with them and x y and z and I lengthened my stirrups and relaxed my feet and the back of my knees and 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 we put on this bit and it was the best ride I've had on him ever it took me 45 minutes and so I think that I think actually that it took I think, me five all you did was observe you knew yeah you right and that. that's what i'm saying is that is that you know when horses are heard and they're not things that we do things to they let us know how to help them if they want our help you know i mean and and i think that this is where i think that this is where the i think that this is where the true understanding of bits and and the 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 the, the effect that the restraint of the tongue and the and the horse being able to move saliva and how our hands are supposed to move with certain types of bits and hand position and how we can release the tongue by holding our hands a little higher in the cheeks 
regardless of whatever bit we have in, especially a snaffle or non-leverage bit, you know, these are all things that, 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 that we can do instead of resorting to force, instead of re resorting to the need to control, which for me is where effective and fair communication ends, you know? Yeah. And so, and so, you know, I mean, and, 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 you know, I mean, and some horses, some horses only need that five, that first five minutes to, for me to help them and other horses need more than that. And it really is up to the horses to let me know what they need from me, you know, and then I, I move along accordingly in, in, in helping their people however I can based off of what they say. And this is something you, you bring up something because it's the same thing I see with Surefoot. And what I see is some horses I can put it on a pad and five minutes later, we've resolved it and it's going to stay. And other yeah. horses it's weeks or months or years or, you know, doing other things or resolving other issues that haven't been observed. And so it comes back to, and uh, listening to you, I hear the same thing. It comes back to helping people actually observe. Yeah. And it comes back to helping people actually observe and being a conduit in that process of, of, of gaining understanding. But it also comes from hearing people because, you know, a lot of people actually do know what's wrong with their horses. You know, if we listen to them, they just don't know how to fix it. Right. But a lot of them know what's wrong, you know? Well... Yes and no. I mean, because the person you just described didn't realize that the bridle was restricting the tongue. Yeah, but the thing she didn't realize that the bridle was restricting the tongue, but she also realized that the answers that she was getting wasn't helping her horse. Right. And 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 so and so and so you know even if we don't even if they don't know what's wrong, and I think as a trainer this is where it's really important for me to say. And I don't even think, you know, I mean, I'm moving more from being a, a trainer with the pedagogy and, and life is kind of turning me into just a helper of horses and their people, you know? Um, and, and I, you know, I mean, and now for me, you know, dressage is used to help horses and not to, not to break them down. Like pee off helps the trot, it helps the canter. Passage helps the trot. The, the 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 changes the 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 changes of lead at the canter, right? This is how balanced and how balanced and straight can your canter be so that you can move effectively under a rider? You know, there's all of these. You know, the the Spanish walk. Let's open up the shoulder. Let's let's loosen up the base of the neck. Let's get the hind legs through. Let's allow the neck to continue moving in the walk rhythm. You know the 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 circle. Let's supple the outside hind leg so the outside shoulder can come over, so the inside hind leg can come under, so the inside shoulder can lift. You know, like there's all of, and it's under, and it's understanding. It's an understanding that, um, that that the difference between breaking them down and building them up is understanding that the movement trains the horse, not the person. The school figures train the horse. And if we understand the school figures, then we can put the horse on the right way and let them and let the and let the movement build their body. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. And, we just are, and we're just like we're just like guardrails on the side of the highway. You know, that's it. We don't do anything. We just observe. This is where the horse needs help here. This is where I can leave them alone. And I have found that regardless of where a horse is in their education, if they understand the school figure at the walk, they find self-carriage to carry themselves correctly into the trot. When they do understand the school figure in the trot, they find the self-carriage to carry that over into the canter. And then there's that old adage that, you know, we learn in the walk, we practice in the trot, we master in the canter. You know, it's not, it's not, it's not 60 days and the horse should be able to canter five miles like it just it's just it's just it's and, and for me that expectation is the betrayal of false intimacy that we have been trained to have with our horses and an addiction to quick fixes you know and then we and then 
we waste so much time not taking time. Yeah. Arthur Cottis had a saying that I've, I've loved. He always says, take your time, but don't waste, don't waste time. it. That's right. That's right. And you realize, I mean, and then you realize that like, you know, time is just a ball of yarn and we don't, we don't have a lot of it, especially in the working life of a horse. It's a ball of yarn, you know? And so, and so, and so, you know, I mean, I think that, and I, and, 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 and the thing is, is that, you know, in, in, it, 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 it's just like people. It's so my niece, my youngest niece, we're, we're all, you know, my whole tribe here is taking turns on homeschooling her for days because I, I'm having days to, for homeschooling her until the school situation out here gets a little bit safer. Um, and so, um, and so, you know, and so like yesterday, you know, and she's four and she's brilliant. And, and, and yesterday she, she, you know, it was just like, you know, we introduced the concept of the colors of her books, you know, look for red in the picture book. And then we go red, 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 red. And then to see if she understands it, you know, and that that picture book directive is the walk. Now seeing if she understands the concept of red and the identification of it, now go find red in the, in the living room. Like that for me is the trot. And then the canner is like, look, uncle, a red flag. You know, I mean, and, and that process is the same that I take with my horses. You know, and and it's and it's under and it's understanding that they can only understand as well as we can explain it to them. Right. And then and then and 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 kind of like you said, where I don't have a where I don't have a set methodology. You know, it it's true because you know I have to have you know, more than one way to explain the same concept to a horse, you know, for long, warm blood, stretchy, chewy is going to come, it's going to be a beginning movement, as opposed to a short Mustang or an illusion where they're going to have to have collection first to build up the muscles to stretch their neck out, you know, I mean, and it's understanding that, you know, you know, these long, hard rules, you know, they're, 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 they're 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 as important as we understand the value of their implementation <laughs> you know so i feel like i'm getting long-winded it's okay okay <laughs> <laughs> it's totally kind you know listening to you it, it reminds me so much of my feldenkrais training so i'm not sure if you're familiar with the feldenkrais method i'm not so um i i should send you some of dr feldenkrais's books they're pretty deep they're very deep, but uh, he was an engineer and, a, and he injured himself, but he basically studied the human skeleton and said, there's 5,000 different possible ways we can combine our bones. And we use about 800 when we get out of high school because we have habits. And his whole basis of his method was to achieve our potential and using movement, right? Yeah. And showing people what they're doing first and then showing them that there's another possibility. And he worked with, with people with all kinds of you know, CP and strokes and musicians. And, and he always was looking to help someone achieve their potential. And there's no straight formula for any individual. And there's no straight formula for any horse. And I think the minute we start to try and package it into I, uh, you know, Arthur Marie, you know, step by number, learn to dance routine, we lose the most important quality, which is to be in the presence of that individual and figure out what that individual needs. That is such a hard concept to teach to people. Yeah, I would, I would agree. And I think that, I think that, you know, a lot of my work is, 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 is kind of, imagining the horse's body, how we know horses remember things. So like for me, there are like, again, there are, there are paired associations and I've learned how to then use my body to basically engage the whole horse's spine so that we, and we had a, I had, we had a, a 19 year old thoroughbred here named Thunder 
for he was one of the last intensives and he had a really really bad stifle tear and they had gone to a bunch of other well-known horse people for help and once they saw him move they put him out of the clinic because they were afraid that you know that well they couldn't help him they couldn't help him and i think that that's an important thing to know is to know when you can't help just as it's important as important for you to know that you can't and they came here terrified that when I saw him trot, that I was gonna, that I was gonna kick him out. But I've developed this way of using my seat where I can basically engage the whole horse's spinal column. And it allows then me to help them and isolate and feel where the dysfunction in the hind leg joint is. And then I can, and then there's, there are ways that I can help them. I can help them with how I breathe. I can help them with the angulation of my hands. Um, I can, I can help them with the angulation of my heels. And, and, you know, almost every stifle injury that I had come in here was because their rider's heels were too far down almost every stifle injury and it disengaged the lumbar spine which totally disengaged the 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 rectus abdominis muscles and closed the stifles out behind the horse's body which then caused dysfunctional movement in the hawk and the horse couldn't relax over their top line lifted a lifted the heels a little bit the horse came right up you're the only other person i've ever heard besides myself talk about raising heels yeah it, it's it's so I mean, and the thing, and 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 what, and 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 the incredible thing that happens is how it changes our whole spinal column because you know Molly Swift or uh, uh, Sally Swift, she had that concept of riding in your bones, but you, and 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 it really makes sense. It really makes sense only when your heels aren't down because when your heels are forced down, it totally tightens your abdominal muscles. It collapses your chest. It puts you into your biceps and triceps and it turns your, your spine into a shield. You well, know? essentially what, it, because when the heel is jammed down, that's actually extension. Yeah, well, and but on a biochemical level, when, when the heels are jammed down and the stomach is pulled in, it lifts up all of our involuntary muscles off of our pelvic floor, which releases cortisol and adrenaline. And it tells our body that we need to get into flight mode. It triggers our amygdala. And so unconsciously, we are trying to relax by forcing our heels down. But biochemically, we are, we are telling ourselves that all hell's about to break loose and we better prepare. And that's a lot of the reason, we, you know, we have a lot of training issues I've observed in so many horses because they, the horses understand intention. They don't understand our questions. They understand our forethought, <laughs> you know? And the other thing it does when you jam the heel sound is it actually applies the pressure to the stirrup bar, which drives the horses back down. Yeah, indeed. Just, just indeed. from a simple, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then they and can't so, lift their back. And so how are they supposed they to engage right, their hindquarters? They can't lift their back because the, you know, the, you know, the stirrup bar and on the, on the, on the trapezius muscles right along the thoracic spine. And then we start getting that false roundness in the neck and we start getting the munchiness in the mouth. And then we start getting bone stifles and hawks. And then we get bigger bits to try and get their heads down. <laughs> yeah. It's it. And then, and then more importantly, there's no lateral flexion. And, 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 and the thing about the lateral flexion is that the lateral flexion, the lateral flexion is the only real way that true collection is possible. You know, Olivera says there's no vertical flexion without lateral flexion first. Right. And, 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 and that's because the lateral flexion, you, the, that, that's because true collection comes first by bending the horse's spine, suppling the horse's back. So, you know, thank you for nerding out with me. Oh, no problem. Anytime. <laughs> <laughs> so I, someday we'll have to get together because it would be really interesting. It'd be really interesting. Um, so someone's asking, um, so you, obviously these horses go home after they've been with you. How do you teach the owner what they need to do to continue 
with what you've so done. So actually, actually, I have a really small line. We, I, I have seven horses that live here permanently, and then I own and I and I just take horses that like need to be here in. Um, there, but the majority, and 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 I had, and 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 the horse from California is really the only one that. I had to that I had to take in because there was no other way for me to have him. But the majority of it is is me teaching their people on a weekly basis with their horses. Because, you know, we'll implement, we'll explore kind of what the horse needs while they're here. Um and 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 usually it's they they come once a week and I can check in and I send the homework home. And then they show me, they come back and we have progress, you know, there was, and, and then, and then, and then we see where we need to tweak it. And, and it's, and, you know, training a horse is like the stock market, you know, we go up <laughs> and then we go down, 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 and then we shoot up and then we kind of steady out. And so like one of the, one, like one of the horses um, this year, particularly has been a beautiful little roan mustang mare named arrow um and she she um she came um she came in i believe it was february and this little mare's body was just so locked like she was really she was really afraid to move um, and they had, and, and, it, and, and the meniscus in her, you know, her right meniscus was pretty worn down and, you know, they had, you know, they, the problem had been, they said the problem was shoeing and the problem was riding and the problem was X, Y, and Z. And there was no help. There was no help. And they were seriously considering putting her down. But they, the, the and, and, and so funny, funny enough, the, the person lives about 30 minutes away and they had heard me do the inter an interview with Warwick Schiller and she called me and and or she texted me and or something got in touch and I was just so busy and then she sent an email to my to my to my farm's she sent a message to my farm's website and my mom is the only one really that reads those and she called me she says so so and so sent this message and you need to call her back um and so we had set time and like arrow has been the horse so far that has made me use everything that i know so we we started off with the pedestal to stretch her spine out because you know her she was just she she couldn't stay in alignment. Her stifles were her stifle was messed up. Her pelvis wouldn't stay in X Y and Z. And then we used the bridge and we did that to strengthen her body. And then we did in hand work and pull work to start working on lateral flexions. I set up different grids for her to start suppling her body and teaching her how to bend correctly and hold herself by stepping over the poles. And, and, um, and, and there were moments where homework was the surefoot, the surefoot pad sent home and she had to stand on them for a certain amount of time, you know, offer them rather a certain number of times each week and see how that went. Um, and sometimes she would stand on them and sometimes she wouldn't. And then over the summer, she turned me into one of those marathoners that runs behind the donkey because we would, I would, I was jogging with her on the long lines up and down the heels of my farm. <laughs> <laughs> I lost so much weight in water. <laughs> and, and then, and then, and then, and then one day she did like rebel. She said, I'm ready for you to get on. And, and, and I switched bits, I switched bits to where she was able to move her tongue. And, and, um, but in hand, we had gotten this horse cantering with me, with me jogging beside her, wow. you know? And so to, to teach her the, the correct movement patterns. 
and now they're like doing trail rides and 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 it, that was February that they came and like she was like I remember I tried to get her to trot and she trotted like five steps and was like oh I can't do that this is gonna hurt and I had the most wonderful message she had a chiropractic appointment and the only thing that was out was her sternum wow. two weeks ago that was it the and this is where this is where you know the dressage that we see today is not what dressage is intended for. It's not intended to hurt horses, Yeah, you know, it's not. And I know that I'm probably gonna get some blowback from it, but I have, I have the, 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 the worst horses that I have had, the horse from California, I have a consultation for a horse tomorrow who, who, um, is the same thing. He's just been trained into the ground and he's 11 and he's had injections in his coffin bone and injections in his back and injections in his hock. And then they were just finally told to retire him because he, the, the trainers had just run him into the ground. But the horse doesn't want to be done. Yeah. You know? And so, you know, and I'm not saying that to point fingers. I'm just saying that, you know, that the competition isn't supporting isn't supporting the well-being of the horse, which is what dressage in its in its in its initial pedagogy is all about. Thirteen-year thirteen-year-old horses a hundred years ago were horses just in the middle of their career, not horses being retired. Right. You know, and I, and I'm just like, you know, why why have we missed so much of the path? And it's because I think we don't understand the school figure. When the horse can successfully hold themselves in the school figure, in self-carriage, not in a forced frame, in self-carriage, they're ready to move on. And oftentimes they offer it. They offer the next step when they're ready, you know? So, you know, I think that that's, that's, kind, of, that's kind of where I'm at. And I think a big part of, a big part of a big part of last year was also gathering my thoughts and 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 Emily helped me put a beautiful beautiful book together um and and it's and it's and it's really it's really just a a a long meditation on how i see horses in a way to help them do you have and a copy have there in front of you? Awesome. Is that what you're sending me? I am sending it to you. I'm so excited. <laughs> it, I, I, and I, I, you know, and, you know, it's, it, it's one of those things that feels so good for me because every aspect of it was just such a beautiful process. My friend Mauricio Arroyo did the cover for me and Emily designed the book and I had a really wonderful editor and everything just, it just, it was, it just felt, it just felt, it just feels so good. It feels so good. And you know, the prayer is to be helpful. And, and it's also understanding that people take in information differently. Like, I'm not one of those people, I, I'm one of those people who gets the greatest value and in information by cuddling up with the book in my bed and, and reading about it. You know, I'm not, I'm not the person who does really well with someone talking at me or with demonstrations because the way that my brain works, I just, I can, I can, I can hear people's voices walking across their words, you know, and so it, it, you know, it's easier for me to just understand. And I then have the, the space of the bridge under my feet of those people's words, and then having the free footedness to just keep moving forward into the, into what I felt they were offering me in a sentence or a paragraph and, and seeing how it works with the horses. And then if I don't understand it, then I have folks that I can call and see if where I'm trying to comprehend is being is from the right point of view 
Um, and then that's kind of how, you know, I, I, I deduce it down to whether the information is useful for me or not. And if it's not, it doesn't mean it's not good information. It just means that like one mayor needs a tuning fork and the other one needs the pedestal and the other one needs the surefoot pads. It's just, it's just not for me, <laughs> you know? Um, so yeah, it's good. Yeah. It's uh fascinating so some are what are some of the books that you've been reading recently yeah so i have been reading because i know you read more than one at a time i do i do so i'm reading um so horse books i'm reading physical therapy for horses um and it is a it's a it's a wonderful wonderful book um i am reading a book also on neuroplasticity oh awesome yes (laughs) and then i am reading a book right now also on the vagus nerve and i have um i have a novel that i'm just getting into called the last report on the miracles at little no horse by a native by a native author louise Erdrich, who just won the uh, Pulitzer, and then I am um, revisiting the poetry of Pablo Neruda. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so what? But what? But what's wonderful though is that I get a lot of I when I like to sit with my horses in the field during their turnout time, and that's usually when I'll read. Because then too, and then, and so like, I'll read and then I'll think about it. And then I just watch how my horses move when they play with each other. And, the, and like with, with Revel, that horse from California, that's how I figured that I could get rid of his lumbar bump because he raised, there were times when he was in the field, when he raised his neck to a certain point and the bump would just flatten out because the muscles in his, in, in his, in his abdomen were loose enough for him to do that. And the key was was get was lifting the pelvis a little bit so that the hind legs weren't so far under his body and his belly could drop a little bit and and that was a big way that I was able to and 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 like this horse was not able to walk without his right hind leg sticking and like then he would lift it up he he would lift it up for you to clean his hooves and he would just stick and he was he was he was he was moving like a ballerina in six months. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, he's one of those horses that I wish I had from the very beginning. Because he was young, just nine. Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, but we move on. Onward and upward and ever forward. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. So, so uh, let's see. For, let's see. For all of you geeking out on movement in a new book of How We Learn to Move by Rob Grace, supporting how athletes move. Oh, that's an interesting one. How We Learn to Move. New, another book. I haven't heard of that one. Yeah. And no, it's. um. Yeah. And I think that that's the thing is that I think that I think that, you know, I think that the quandary that we find ourselves in right now, especially with horses and rider biomechanics is that we there's so much in how the body moves but so little understanding of how to apply it you know um and so and 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 so you know i mean i i you know i i i i i try and pay attention to everything because it's just the way that my mind that's the only way my mind has convinced me that i can be happy you know is that is that if I mean I mean and and like and like this is you know I mean and it's kind of and it's it's like neuroplasticity right like you know like new habits form because of the 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 neurons communicating with each other around the thought or an action and that's how habits are formed and then you know every new experience changes our brain and then or influences our brain and like if we then move forward into that continued practice like we have we we've created a new part of ourselves that we didn't know that we that wasn't there it wasn't there and i'm just like and i'm just like then 
I can do that with horses. Yeah. I can do I can do that with horses. And, you know, and I in can, many ways, horses are simpler because they don't have the sense of self that people have that inhibits us from change. Well, and I'm saying that for myself to help horses change me into into a less ego egoistic creature, you know, like when I see how they respond to new experiences that we, that we explore together, if it's a positive way, it's because of things that I did to make them not afraid. So namely just breathing. And, and, you know, I mean, and this is the thing that I've learned, Wendy, is that like, you know, we, we, we can only connect to our bodies as riders and horse people as deeply as we breathe into them. Mm, yeah actually you know yes and like how and how much and how much of a letting go taking your breath all the way down to your feet actually requires (laughs) you know and like how how we breathe and like how you know and how and how you know in just in just helping people be mindful and helping them keep their diaphragms down you know it's not okay drop your drop your shoulder but it's like make sure that on your inhale your shoulders don't come up you know I mean and how that automatically pushes the breath down into their bellies and and below their navel and it's just it's and and it's and it's and 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 I think the important thing for me as a lover of language and I and as a sculptor of language is how important how important carefully chosen words are it can it can change a life you know yeah and so and so um it's it's been it's been I've I and and then and then too so we ran these we ran these intensives out of my barn and people came from all over the country um and you know and the main thing that it was for was really to help me get over my my social anxiety I'm terribly afraid of people in my space and so, you know, I was able to, I was able to control my exposure to people in situations, namely being with my horses that helped me feel safe and confident. And um, it was really, really good practice. You know, I, 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 I struggle sometimes with stuttering when I get overwhelmed and it was just really, really good practice in me learning how to teach myself how not to be afraid in 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 this situation you know um and so you know it's been it's been i i don't know who the person really that i talked to with you who talked to you is last time <laughs> different person I, I i i really feel that way yeah you know i really feel that way i feel i i still i still very much feel like a child of heaven but who's not so afraid to 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 be that in the world because I'm because you know the prayer is only to be helpful you know and like I have the language now and I'm getting the courage to not be afraid to 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 do that and to and to help people be as possible for themselves and their horses as they're willing to allow me to help them to be you know, and it's a wonderful, it's a wonderful, it's a wonderful mercy, but it's been a very, very, very hard growing experience for me, you know? Yeah. But I figure, how can I ask somebody to jump as a teacher if I can't show them how? And that's what this year so far has been about. You know, I I believe with all my heart that the world is big and love is bigger, but we don't know that unless we have folks to show us how to do that and be that in the world. And like, I'm good at doing and being that. I'm just really scared of people. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I mean, and so, and so it's, it's learning. I'm learning, I'm learning. And like, even with this book, I was, I was, I was going back and forth with Emily. I was like, Emily, oh my God, what do you think? And she goes, I think it's going to be great. 
and then and then and then it was and and i've gotten letters from people from as far as like norway and france you know who who really feel how who really feel that I'm feeling horses in this way and can put language around it and are, are and, and are and are wanting to learn how to how to be that and and so I'm really I'm really I'm really grateful that um I had the courage to not be afraid but it's it's terribly scary and like I'm <laughs> I feel like I'm going to cry because it's just, it's just, it's, you never know, you never know what people see, but you also don't know, you also don't know who, who will pick up that bottle with the letter inside from the river, you know, and, and, and what they will, and what they will read and get from what you've written. And I'm just so, I'm so thankful that, I'm so thankful that the affirmations for me to not be afraid of who I am in the world are so present. Because for like little nerdy introvert people who grew up like me, you know, just with my books and my animals being my best friends, they're, there's just so much about the world that you sometimes don't understand. You know, you just don't, and, and, and how hard, how hard it is to just feel safe in yourself, in the world. And, and it's, um, and here I am gonna be 37 and I'm just feeling like it's okay to not, expect me being myself being such a so socially awkward experience because I'm not afraid of what I have to offer you know yeah it's a really it's beautiful and 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 stretching for sure <laughs> I think that message overpowers the insecurities it does and I think that and I think that and I and 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 and, and I think that the and I think that I know with all of my heart that the world is big, but love is bigger. I know that. And like, if I stay, if I stay in that framework, if I stay in that framework, I'll be able to help a lot of people. But I also, I also have to know what I need to take care of myself. Right. You know, like, cleaning my horse's stalls in the morning so I can so I can I can listen to the sound of them eating their hay and how that just the chewing the sound of them chewing their hay it just it it melts all the trouble away from my heart and 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 you know if there's anything beyond prayer for me it's that it's the sound of, 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 of my horses feeling safe and feeling comfortable and feeling safe and, 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 and having a predictable enough routine that they're willing to go slow, yeah. you know? And I feel, and like, I think that, and like moving forward with these intensives you know, I mean, and almost, you know, and, and, and folks want me to do it again next year. Um, I'm knowing that that's going to be an integral part of me staying healthier than I did this year, you know? Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm really, I'm really, I'm, I'm really thankful. <laughs> well, Nishan, I'm thank I'm thankful that you were willing to come back and talk to us again. Thank you for being my friend. Oh, same here. And someday we'll meet in person. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for this. Yeah. Well, I appreciate it. Yeah. And um, so 
I don't know what you're working on this winter, but what we're going to do is I think if we check back in about six months when the spring comes and see how you've evolved over the winter and what projects <laughs> you're working on. When I die, when I die, when people are going to be able to chronicle my progress by your, <laughs> by your interview. <laughs> Interesting. It's just so different than the last one. And I think it's so much fun to, to just see how you're evolving in thought and the ways you're addressing things. And I loved hearing about what your routine is because it's I think it's really interesting. Interesting. So, yeah, you know, I mean, routine, routine truly is the healer of horses, you know? Yeah. Um. So, yeah. But let's check back in six months. Okay. All right. Well, thank you so much. And thank you everybody for tuning in. Just remember to tell your friends about this webinar and you can find them all on the Surefoot Equine YouTube channel and we'll get it posted by tomorrow. Have a great day. And, and so good to see you again, Nishan. Thanks. For so coming. good to see you. See you later. Take care. Bye. Bye.